Hello, everyone, and welcome to Fake Ritual, the mini-sode, your mini-guide to pop culture and the occult. I am your fully-sized host, Lucas Sloppy, and with me today is trash TV connoisseur, as well as returning guest, Christina Conway. Hello, Christina. Hello. Thank you for having me back again. Yeah. Again, again. You've been on, th- this is your third appearance. Yeah, I'm going for 10. Ooh. Solid 10. Well, what pop cultural artifact will we be excavating mm. today? Uh, we will be discussing the House of Anubis, a Nickelodeon show from the 2011 to 2013 period. Yes, yes. A, it's Nickelodeon's first telenovela series, as well as their first series filmed outside the United States. I had never heard of this show. Uh, you had. You suggested it. And why? Why did you suggest it? What does this show mean to Christina Conway? Well, the reason I picked it is twofold. One is because... I remember in middle school, for some reason, Egyptian mythology was like number one in what my history teacher was teaching. So she had us embalm our own chickens and also do like a funeral march and turn her classroom into like a a tomb with a lot of like tributes to the dead. So it was interesting in that way. Yeah. Um, And then also, I think it's fascinating the supernatural pop culture that we introduced to children. Oh, totally. Like House of Anubis. Like we're talking about the underworld, the the afterlife here. Um, Yeah, this would be a good time to get into kind of what the show's about. And keep in mind, listeners, this is a telenovela in the sense that it is corny as fuck, filled with love triangles, and just nonsensical. You're not watching it for... Realism, you're watching it for gossip, essentially. And it's got plenty of that. But yeah, help me, Christina, explain to the fakers what the fuck this show is all about. (laughs) So House of Anubis focuses on a British boarding school in which a group of children stumble across a number of ancient Egyptian tests to get to true immortality. Uh, And they're racing against their teacher who is also trying to gain some amount of immortality through some ancient Anubis mask. But he is always talking, this is Victor, who is always talking to a taxidermied crow, which the few episodes I watched, that just seems to be a thing he does. There's just so much death in this children's show. I think a taxidermied dog also shows up. I also found out that Anubis isn't actually featured much in Egyptian myths. He's kind of, for being the most recognizable god to most people, he's not really featured in myths that much. Not as much as like Isis or Osiris or anything. So in a way, it kind of leaves it open for something like this that is just invoking the name and then running with it. It's just sort of a way to tell people, This kid's show is about death. Yeah, and it's amazing how much death they're able to work in. Like, I'm thinking about the season two finale um, that 
we were talking about where within one episode you have a child being killed with a fire a lightning bolt uh a child <laughs> being possessed we have uh a child crying gold tears of immortality uh and and oh someone was also dragged to the underworld <laughs> <laughs> it's nickelodeon yeah like right back to back with iCarly yeah <laughs> and iCarly <laughs> is the one we're rebooting <laughs> i mean this is full disclosure this is so out of my wheelhouse i stopped watching i stopped watching nickelodeon probably 10 years before this show dropped I was in I was graduating college when this show came out. So like this is a show that if I had kids and I found them watching this, I'd be like, that's cool. I like that. Yeah. Like as opposed to, you know, my Christian upbringing, which would have warned me against such, you know, even a fictional portrayal of pagan gods such as Anubis. I think that's the interesting part about it for me because I I was also out of the age range for the show and I saw it like advertised on TV one day and I was like, well, let me just like see what this is all about because there was a whole wave of the time of like positive supernatural pop culture and Disney and Nickelodeon that like a slightly younger generation has been raised on. I think there was like Wizards of Waverly Place mm-hmm. and there was some show about vampires living next door and being a super friendly family. Well, before we get into, you know, any of the other mythological supernatural things this show attempts to evoke, it is worth pointing out the irony of this being the first Nickelodeon show to be shot outside of the United States. It was shot in Liverpool, England, I believe. And it is kind of funny considering the fact of, England's pillaging of the of ancient Egypt, you know, throughout. I mean, I'm no historian, but, you know, throughout the past few centuries. So I'm sure the I'm not sure if the irony was lost on the creators, but Uh, yeah, I think it goes both ways where they completely whitewash Egyptian mythology somehow, which Put just terrible haircuts on it. Yeah, a lot of of swoops. (laughs) Even the, like, protagonist, the the saviors in the show uh, are all British people. Like, the whole whole show takes place in this house that was built by this British family of, I think, an archaeologist who was pillaging Egyptian ruins. And they're, like, the the positive entity in the show. But like, I think they also get right how obsessed the British were for a while with Egyptian mythology. Like people Hmm, were eating mummies. That is true. Yeah. In a strange way, they kind of prove that point or bring it home. Yeah. It's like, what the fuck? Like Victor chill with the elixir of life. Cause as I kept saying, when I was watching it, this dude seems like a miserable fuck. Why do you even want to live forever? I also want to mention that Victor watches a child get blinded, a child lose their memory, (laughs) and a child lose their voice, and does nothing because they're about to unlock some tomb. Well, yeah, having said that, there are some real things that the show utilizes, but also some fake things. Uh, And I'll just go through the list here, and you tell me what you remember being in the show. 
We have the Eye of Horus, which is an ancient Egyptian symbol of protection, power, and good health. This is a real thing that uh, in the show, I believe, is a necklace given to the main character of the first two seasons, Nina, by, oh, this is, sometimes it's fun to just describe soap opera shit. This, the, the Eye of Horus is given to Nina by an old lady named Sarah who actually used to live in the house and, uh... Is a ghost. Is a ghost, yes, yes. So, well, yeah, it's worth pointing out the children in this show form a secret group in order to unravel the mysteries that fall into their lap. And they call this group Sabuna, which is Anubis backwards. It was very clever. It was, yeah. There's no way you're going to decipher that code. They also place one hand over, is it their left eye possibly, as a symbol to each other of being a part of uh, Sabuna, which I couldn't fully, I didn't know what it meant because I know there's a conspiracy theory that that's an Illuminati symbol. Mm. Well, I mean, yeah, as we were saying before the show, Nickelodeon has had its share of scandal, especially with regards to pedophiles. And what are the Illuminati, if not uh, spooky pedophiles? They could be listening, so I'm not going to repeat what you said, but like... (laughs) (laughs) Good point. Moving on. There's also the Cup of Ankh which is like a decorative cup in the show and is not a real thing in real life, although an Ankh is. That being, you know, the cross uh, with the loop at the top that is the Egyptian symbol for life. Uh, So it's more like a cup of life. Pretty, I mean, the production design's okay. It's it's an okay-looking cup, but it also looks like it might have been purchased at a Big Lots. Well, there's also a button. If you were to look in the cup, there's a button at the bottom. And in bold aerial letters, it says end. End. (laughs) And this unlocks an ancient forgotten Egyptian queen who supposedly assassinated Tutankhamun. That's a lot to put in one cup. Yeah, good. This is a good character to go out on as we wrap up this mini-sode. Sankara. Now, fakers, if you're going to look up anything from this silly-ass show, look up Sankara. She's actually, like, pretty uh, pretty goth. And I like the story of her killing King Tut. But she's also not real, and... <laughs> yeah, I was hoping she was a real one. I actually Googled, is Sankara real? And there, strangely enough, this is this is a show with a cult following. But, uh, I mean, is there anything else you want to say about House of Anubis? Uh, you know, I watched this show so that you don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> but I I do want to repeat that I think, pop culture-wise, it's so interesting how we're intertwining the supernatural into our pop culture now, and then being raised on it. Like, that makes me feel like there's a very cool future, future of media that we're going to make, uh... And I, I don't know. I like it being mainstream. Totally. It it really fits into the fake ritual brand, that being how I was raised to fear pop culture and worldly things because they 
they hid within them, you know, tools of the devil and occultism being that tool of the devil. And fake ritual exists to tell people like that, that they're absolutely right. They should fear pop culture (laughs) because it is teaching us that, you know, occultism isn't something, it's not something to be feared so much as just something to be, uh, I don't know, looked into and considered. It's approachable and fun. Yes, yes. So if you have kids out there, maybe show them uh, House of Anubis. It's actually low-key, kind of a pretty high-concept show with just some fun, you know, teen romance. But, Christina, thank you. Thank you for sharing House of Anubis with me. My life will never be the same. Thank you for going along with this and watching a tween show with me. Um, <laughs> now I felt a little creepy, but... I quickly moved past that. You know, each of those actors was probably like 19 playing a high school student. So at least there's that. Cool. (laughs) I'm (laughs) off the hook. Well, is there anything you'd like to promote or any way that the fakers can follow you? Or would you like to remain a mystery like those trapped within the House of Anubis? I think I'd like to remain a mystery. Here, whenever you wonder what trash is out there, I'm there for you. The Conway way. (laughs) (laughs) All right, fakers. Well, you can follow us at Fake Ritual on on Facebook and Instagram. On Twitter at Fake Ritual Blog. You can visit us at www.fakeritual.com. Hasn't been updated in a bit, but has some old articles I wrote about some pop culture-y stuff. And email us at fake.ritual.inc at gmail.com with any ideas or cool things you want to tell us, and we'll read them on the show. But again, thank you for listening, and remember, fakers... Uh, Eternal life isn't all it's cracked up to be. (laughs) Bye.